the sooner we get started with money and the more often that we top it up or add more money in, the better. What I mean by that is we get the benefit of compounding. So our money earns interest and continues to grow and the interest that we earn gets reinvested. So the sooner we get started with investing, the better because we're giving our the opportunity for our money to grow, earn more, work harder for us. This episode is brought to you by the Blissful Parenting Toolbox. If you're looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior, or just improve your parenting skills, our free Parenting Toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops, as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. That address again, www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. Register today and we'll see you on the inside. Hello, hello, Blissful Parents. Michelle Abraham, your host here today. Oh my gosh, you guys, I am joined by an amazing guest today, Jamie Madigan. Jamie, how are you? I am doing well, Michelle. How are you? Oh, so good. So Jamie is certified financial planner and a legacy insights expert. And he is going to come and talk to us today all about money and all sorts of other things. So <laughs> but mostly money and how we can make it work for us and how we can make sure that we're our butts are covered when things happen and all those good things. So um, being smart about it and how we can then really teach our kids about it too. So we've got to be smart about it first, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Start with us and then we need to pass that knowledge on to our kids. Exactly. <laughs> all these times I think that we just need to teach our kids all these things. But all I'm learning is that all of the things that we teach our kids, we got to learn ourselves better. Again, first get better at it and then teach them. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, let me tell our audience a little bit more about you, Jamie. Jamie's a financial planning. Uh, Jamie's financial planning services are provided at no cost to his clients, which is awesome because he believes that Canadians shouldn't have to pay to get ahead in life. And knowing that the need for financial literacy and financial planning is now greater than ever before, Jamie empowers each client to develop their own personalized legacy insights. Your legacy insights will have three main components. First, Jamie gets your money working harder for you to achieve monetary proficiency sharing his knowledge and providing financial education. Next, he helps you get crystal clear on what you want your personal legacy direction to be. And you'll also benefit from continued access to his extensive legacy support network, strategically cultivated over more than two decades. And then as a certified financial planner, he set himself up as a broker to give himself access, giving him access to just about any financial product for any financial services companies across Canada. 
So through his advice-based services on investments, insurance, mortgages, health benefits, and group benefits, Jamie is thrilled to help multiple generations meet diverse and changing needs in alignment with their values and goals. Jamie, I haven't met anyone that does all of those things. (laughs) I've met several people that do one of those things, but not all of them. So that's really impressive that you can really help a family get to know a family and really help them in many different areas of life. What made you choose to do all of the above instead of just focusing on one? Uh, To your point, Michelle, I saw the opportunity um, existing in the marketplace. And if you think of your typical bank experience in the branch, you go into one office to talk to somebody about your investments. Then they send you down the hall to talk to somebody else about your mortgage. And then down the hall to somebody else to talk about insurance, et cetera, et cetera. So knowing that that is very broken model and typically those people get promoted every two, three years. And then all of a sudden you're talking to somebody new and have to start from scratch, tell them your story. I didn't want to follow that model. I wanted to build lifelong relationships with Canadians and help them in as many areas as I can. And then for the areas that I can assist with, that's where I've built my referral network out. So that I've got top quality people that I can refer my clients to in all of the areas that I'm not licensed uh, to advise on. That's amazing. Yeah. So you've got a really like a trusted network of support that can help families with everything. So they come to you first for one thing and be able to be supported in many different areas of their life. I think that's really important because it's hard to find. It's hard to know. I know when my husband and I were looking at financial stuff, it's hard to know who to trust, right? And who to, um, you know, who to trust with your, with your money, your life, your kids, futures, like all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah. And then, so what's, what's the one thing that you want us to know today about financial literacy? Uh, the one thing that I want everyone to know today is that it's just important to get started. Mm-hmm. And start asking questions about yeah. what you should be doing and why and how should you be investing your money and what types of insurance should you have and why. The more inquisitive you are, the more questions you ask, the more mm-hmm. you're going to learn. And it's just important to get started. And if you've got started, great. But let's take a look at that to ensure that you're doing the right things and that You've got a comprehensive plan covering everything and that you're not just kind of throwing things out there, hoping that they stick without any real kind of plan or roadmap. Right. And so I love the idea of having a plan and having a roadmap. It was funny. We were uh, we were talking before we pressed play here and I I was called while I was in the hostel having my first child by a financial services company. And I was like, oh, my God, I need to do it right now. Like, holy smokes. How did you know? I was like, can we just get home first? (laughs) Is it too late if we get home in like three days to do it? Yeah, that that is a great example of getting started right away. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I you know, get it starting right away. So I feel good about that. We got started right away, like literally right away. <laughs> yeah. But there's Typically, something yes, you can get home first and wait about a week or two, get settled in and then get started. <laughs> right? Yeah. So we wanted to maximize on those weeks. <laughs> so why do we want to get started early? What's what's the benefit for our kids like to start planning, like, especially financially for our kids' futures, like when they're so little? All right. So there's 
two main reasons why we would want to get started early, Michelle. If we're looking at money, the sooner we get started with money and the more often that we top it up or add more money in, the better. What I mean by that is we get the benefit of compounding. So our money earns interest and continues to grow and the interest that we earn gets reinvested. So the sooner we get started with investing, the better because we're giving our the opportunity for our money to grow, earn more, work harder for us. On the insurance side, the reason you want to get started early is because the younger we are, typically the healthier we are, so the cheaper the premiums are. If we're waiting well until our 60s, 70s, 80s to look into insurance, well, guess what? <laughs> insurance companies are all about risk and how much risk they're taking on. Right. So as we age, obviously, the chances get a lot greater that we are more likely to become either disabled, critically ill, or pass away. And that means higher risk to insurance companies, which means higher premiums. Right. So yeah, so time is on our hands when we do things earlier when we're younger. So that makes a lot of sense for sure. And is it, uh, does it make sense to get insurance for our kids too or just for the adults in the family? Uh, for both actually. And a lot of parents do a great job insuring themselves, especially mm -hmm. as they buy their first home, get a mortgage, start having a family, kids come into the picture. So yes, parents should definitely have insurance. Um, Obviously, life insurance, mm. um, which covers, pays out a lump sum of money tax-free to their beneficiaries if they pass away. However, parents should also consider critical illness insurance, which pays out a lump sum of money if you become tax or critically ill. I was diagnosed with cancer in November. Fortunately, mm. I had a critical illness policy. So guess what? I got a nice check in the mail eight days after I submitted my claim. Oh, wow. So now all of a sudden, I don't have to worry about how I'm going to pay my bills. I'm still mm -hmm. focused on my business, but I can make treatment my top priority. Right. Yeah. Critical yeah. illness is really important to consider, as mm -hmm. is disability insurance, because if we get disabled, can't work, disability insurance pays us a monthly benefit again, so you can focus on getting better. So mm -hmm. parents definitely need those three types of insurance, mm -hmm. but kids can also, you can get life insurance for your children as mm -hmm. well as child critical illness. And either parents or grandparents can take that out. So it's oh, wow. an area that's not really talked about, but again, the premiums are very cheap, very affordable because children are young and typically mm -hmm. healthy. So you can get your child covered from an early age and eventually pass it on to them when they hit age of majority or become more responsible and they can take over the policy and manage it themselves. Hmm, interesting. So can you get some of those policies? Like, can they all be wrapped into one or you have to buy them all individually? Uh, you can buy them all individually, but most insurance companies, you can get it all complete with one app hmm. and one application just with multiple products. So yeah. it's not like you're having to go through the same questions and or any additional tests that may be required. One application can cover multiple forms of insurance. That's awesome. So now you're Canadian, I'm Canadian, um, but we have an international audience. Is this a similar strategy for the U.S. or this is something that's totally different down there? Yeah, it should be available in most of the developed countries. Mm -hmm. They might 
call the types of insurance slightly different names. But what our audience will want to look at is permanent life insurance. That Mm -hmm. should have this similar name um, globally, critical illness, Mm -hmm. um, and disability. So those names should be the same in every country. Um, the options that are available on each type may slightly differ mm-hmm. based on um, different governments and different regulators. Right. And so now I know the price of the premium is going to depend on the products and all that kind of stuff within there, the, probably the age and the health of the person being insured. But roughly, what is the family looking at to have like a family of four covered for insurance? Uh, great question. So to give you and I, I always use myself as an example. Mm-hmm. And I've got term insurance, so term life insurance, permanent life insurance, critical illness, disability. My term, I've got term 10, so it's 10 years mm-hmm. for a million dollars of coverage. For that, I took it out in 2016, or sorry, 2018, so I would have been 42 at the time. That I pay $520 a year for. Oh, okay. So term insurance yeah. is very cheap. I took out a permanent life insurance policy for Mm $50,000, which will definitely pay out at some point in time. I reduced the period I'm paying premiums on. So I'm only paying premiums for 20 years and it's paid in full. Mm. That I took it out in 2016 when I was 40. Mm -hmm. That I pay $160 a month for. Mm, Okay. That's now worth about $65,000 because it continues to grow over time. Right. Okay. That. So I can see the benefit of buying something like that when you're younger, because then you pay for it while you're still working and probably making good money in life before you retire and then it's paid off. And so do you take that? So can you take out that life insurance that has to be once you pass away or can that be at any time you can cash that in? Yeah, so the with insurance is very flexible in that you can pay f- for it for life mm-hmm. or in some cases you can reduce the premium periods that you're paying. So 10 years, 20 years are the most common. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did for my permanent life insurance. I only wanted to pay the premiums while I was in my high income earning years and not have to worry about that in retirement. Okay. So it's paid in full after 20 years, but provides me coverage for life and continues to grow after those 20 years. Okay. That's so great. Good to know. Yeah. And it's always interesting to have a thing, questions that you have in your head to have someone here that's an expert to actually ask those questions. So um, anything else that we should know about life insurance? And I'd love to move on to like, but we can help our kids like with like understanding money too, because I think for them to understand the importance of it, you know, not all, not all of us adults grew up in, in very financially like stable environments. So for them to us pass on to our kids, the right information, I think is not always going to be passed on correctly. <laughs> no. And unfortunately today with like Google or TikTok, there's yeah. so much information out there and it's not necessarily uh, all correct. And mm-hmm. it's funny because I was just on a conference call earlier about young investors mm-hmm. and teenagers will go to TikTok first now to look for information as opposed to use Google, right. <laughs> which <laughs> concerns me because I've seen some of the financial videos on TikTok. I'm like, eh. You kind of got the concept right, but your definition is all wrong. Right. 
And it's the guys driving the fancy cars and like, you can do this in two years. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's not how it works. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm also going to dive into asking you a question about cryptocurrency because there's this big talk now about the fiat currency, like being unstable. So what are you seeing? Are you seeing people still investing in the fiat currency or are you seeing more people pulling out and investing in cryptocurrency? Uh, given a big plunge that crypto has taken, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of people are a little more conservative or on the fence about crypto once again. Right. And I'll lead with the disclaimer in case there's yeah. a regulatory <laughs> body that I'm not licensed to advise on crypto. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but it's obviously one of the most important questions that I always get. And okay. the way I answer, Michelle, is... If you've got fun money, some extra money, you don't mind losing at all, mm-hmm. go invest in crypto if you yeah. really want. I've got a little bit of money investing in crypto. play around with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. It is way down right now. But again, if you've got a long-term time horizon, then you're going to have time for crypto to become more accepted. But until a developed country actually recognizes it, and you can buy something with it other than a Tesla, it really is just speculatory and fun. Whereas if you own currency, currency is always going to have value. You're always going to be able to buy something Mm -hmm. with it. The US dollar is always going to be kind of the global currency that everyone kind of benchmarks off. So yes, there's definitely a place for both. Mm -hmm. But I would treat crypto as very speculatory right. only use your fun money or a portion don't put your entire life savings in there right because if you had last year you'd be very sorry right now because it would mostly all be gone yes true <laughs> and if you had a few years before that bought bitcoin you would have been very happy for a few years oh yeah <laughs> like, so like crazy like 2004 2007 held it and then cashed out last year you'd be laughing right yeah. <laughs> you could retire on by your own island <laughs> oh my goodness if only we could really predict all those things right <laughs> oh yeah and so now that's a that it that turns to a really important question because now our kids are learning about all this stuff too right so now I have a teenage nephew here right now at our house. That's like, yeah, I'm just going to get rich off of crypto. And I don't need to, you know, I don't really need to know anything about other money. Right. So, um, so how do we teach our kids about money in this day and age? Yeah. I still go back to when I was a kid, Michelle. So I'm 45 right now. Mm-hmm. And when my parents were bringing up my brother, sister and I, my brother and I both started paper roots at a really young age and just delivered in the neighborhood. Um, so that helped us to appreciate the value of working, earning a dollar. Then my parents also forced us to save and put a lot of that into the bank, into our bank accounts and not touch it. But we were also able to use some of it to buy um, some toys or video games or whatnot. Um, so I think having those discussions with your children when they're younger, um, then they also gave us weekly allowance, but it was tied to doing chores around the house. Mm-hmm. So the more chores that we did around the house, the more we chipped in and did things, cleaning the pool, cutting the grass, making our beds, vacuuming, washing the floors, etc., laundry, all that stuff. It not only helps 
us to learn those activities and eventually be in a better position to move out on our own, support ourselves. But again, I think by having to work for a dollar, mm-hmm. you start to appreciate the value that much more as opposed to our parents just giving us an allowance mm-hmm. or waking up. <laughs> right. Appreciate it. Being so, alive. If you don't yeah. work for it, you don't really appreciate it that much. And by right. forcing us to save, um, we like I got through university debt free. Mm. And then the first instance where I think probably age 16, I was able to file my first tax return. Mm-hmm. And then our parents made us invest that our tax returns into RSPs. So we got as soon as we were able to started investing in RSPs and in all three instances, my brother, sister, and I were able to save up, then borrow against our RSPs as the, using the first time homebuyers plan, right. put a decent down payment on our first places back when they were affordable. <laughs> and other than mortgages now, which is good debt, we are all debt free and really had a good start to our lives. Right. That's a really good financial, you know, start for kids. I think that's really uh, that's what would be the goal for most parents to have that kind of similar experience for our kids. Yeah. So I think just having those discussions about money, the value of money, um, working for it, saving and teaching them like they can open a TFSA tax free savings account when they're 18 mm. and they can open an RSP the year after they file their first tax return. So I think getting them to invest when mm-hmm. they're first able to and when they can see their money grow, I think that will also help to say, oh, this is great. I want my money to grow faster or more right. or suddenly $10 became 12 and 15 and 20 and this is great. <laughs> right. Now, uh, here's the situation in our house. Sometimes we get birthday money. So the birthday money Okay, you could either spend it on something that you're going to buy and then like stop playing with the next day, or you can put it into the bank to save it for something bigger that never goes well. But it's never a good conversation that ends well. It's always like the toy wins. And it's like, I just can't get through their heads that, you know, there's something better if you save a little bit longer, you can get something much more interesting. Yeah, no, and that is a tough one. And I know. Personally, for me, I've got two nephews and a niece, so I see how everybody else spoils them rotten with all the clothes and toys. Mm-hmm. So I am historically giving them a card with money, and guess where that goes? That goes into their RESPs, because mm-hmm. Uncle Jamie, the financial planner, is planning for <laughs> their future. But yeah, I would say it's a Good idea to try to sit them down and say, look, you got $100 for your birthday. Mm-hmm. We're going to put 20 towards a toy or whatnot. The rest is going into your bank account to save for the future. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's 50-50, but you come to some sort of agreement where the child is obviously still happy because they get to spend some of it, enjoy mm-hmm. it. But then, yeah. But some of it got to stay, right? Like some yeah. of it. And because we want them to have that instant gratification, but we also want to be able to show them when they get older and appreciate it. Oh, okay. Thanks, mom. Making me 
put away 50% of all that birthday money, Christmas money, any major holiday money. Now I see what it has grown to. Now, guess what? This will pay for a year of college or university or right. let me go travel the world. Trip to Europe, yeah. Yeah. So thank you for not letting me buy another video game or whatever back when I was 12 or 13 because I okay. see what you mean it has grown. So yeah, it's having that tough discussion. And yeah, you're mm-hmm. not going to be popular right then in the moment. But as they age and come to better understand money, the value of it, and how they are suddenly able to do more with what was saved, all mm-hmm. of a sudden, mom, you're brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on that date. <laughs> right. Can you get that in writing, please? Can you sign yeah. that? Thank you. <laughs> frame it. This for playback. <laughs> right. Um, how old is too young to get a bank account or too old? Like, what, when should we be getting kids' bank accounts? Um, I know my parents um, opened one right away for me and then like all especially in our younger years when mm-hmm. we don't remember anything mm-hmm. all of the birthday christmas holiday money any major baptism that all went into the bank account mm-hmm. um, the money she got from the government went into the mm-hmm. bank account the baby bonuses and whatnot mm-hmm. so i would say open a bank account immediately mm-hmm. and start talking away as much of that money as you can um that is in the early years that nobody will know about. Right. Um, remember and say, demand toys or spend it now. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you know, one thing that my kids did was like, we, we had, they have a bank account, but it's kind of far away from where we live. So I like, will randomly go upstairs and find like cash, like us hitting like everywhere. I was like, you guys going to keep it in a wallet or like, can you at least keep it somewhere before we get to the bank? So that it's not all over the place. <laughs> respect the money if you don't respect the money it's not going to come in right (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) to give it a nice home (laughs) yeah and i know like um we had the big piggy banks back in the day and or made our own with just the big jars any type of see-through jar so as you kept adding money you could see it growing and eventually full and Every mm-hmm. time it got full, hey, we need to make a trip to the bank. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Keeping it in, keep it in the jar, and keeping the jar where you know where it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, hide it when you go on vacation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so awesome. So, Jamie, is there anything else that you want our parents to know before we let you go? And I know you have, um, you know, a free gift for our parents too, and you can share what, about what that is. Yeah, uh, the last thing I just want to briefly touch on, Michelle, is the importance of opening up an RESP mm, or registered yeah. education savings plan. Again, it's something that either parents or grandparents can open for a child or children. And I highly recommend everybody do this because for each child, you can get up to $7,200 of grant money from the government. And mm. I don't know about you, but I love getting free money from the government because it doesn't happen often. Mm -hmm. for sure and it's very complicated so i want to get into all the details but just at a high level look into opening up an resp registered education savings plan Mm -hmm. for all of your children and try to maximize that grant money and i'm happy to answer any questions about how it all works um offline Right, because the the government will match whatever the parents put in up to a certain age, and then 
they can apply that for school. And then even sometimes now I think it doesn't have to be school, right? There's different options or versions. Correct. Yeah, it can go towards college, university, trades programs. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad they've opened it up to trades programs now because I know originally it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't meant for those. So that's great. Um, yeah. yeah, that's great. And then such a good, um, uh, it's great that the government will match it too. So it feels like the parents are putting in some effort and then it gets matched as well, which is just makes it all, all the more reason to do that. And probably a good break on the taxes too. <laughs> No tax break, but again, the matching program is huge. It's right. hard to get free money from the government. So I think any time yeah. that we can, go <laughs> for might. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm sure your government, if, it's in, if you're not in Canada, will give free money too, some, in some way or another. So look into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, the RESP, that's a good point, Michelle. RESP is specific to Canada. Yeah. Uh, so for our global mm-hmm. audience, look into if your government offers a similar type of education savings plan for your children. And definitely try to maximize that if they do and try to maximize the full potential that you can get from the government for each child. Yeah, that's awesome. Jimmy, this has been so helpful and so uh, so much great, so many great tips in here. So do you have somewhere for our families to reach out to you if they want to chat with you or connect with you, reach further, have some more further conversations? Yeah, if anybody has more questions, concerns based on today's episode, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you can do so just by checking out my website, beaconpoint.ca. Uh, just like it sounds, uh, B-E-A-C-O-N-P-O-I-N-T dot C-A. And there's, if you go to my contact page, you can book time on my calendar or email me. And I'm happy to address any specific questions or concerns that any of the audience has from today. Perfect. Well, thanks so much, Jamie, for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Any last words you want to leave with our parents today? Get started. Mm -hmm. And if you have questions or concerns, reach out to me so that we can get you started. (laughs) Awesome. I will be reaching out to you about insurance because that's something I was not totally oblivious about. (laughs) Let's do it. All right. We'll talk to you soon. To you, Michelle, for having me on today. I really appreciate it. No problem. And blissful parents go out there and have a fabulous week. My challenge to you this week, go out and see where you're, see what you're, what you're doing for your finances and how your kids are understanding all about finances too. Um, it's good to take a look and see, do a little inventory. All right. Have a great week and we'll see you again next week. This episode is brought to you by the Blissful Parenting Toolbox. If you're looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior, or just improve your parenting skills, our free parenting toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops, as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. That address again, www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. Register today and we'll see you on the inside.